0: This is the epilogue audio
1: experience A quick disclaimer for our podcast, the SOS show: points discussed in this podcast should not be relied upon as conclusive medical advice in any case. The host shall not be a substitute for proper medical professional. You must seek professional help in case of any requirement. Thank you. While the Shraddha Walker case is still fresh, in between a dozen other cases happened and a million we do not know of. And then the shocking Manipur incident happened that made us sit up and think and feel helpless and disgusted. The crimes against women have not stopped and will not stop until the root is addressed and that's patriarchy. A few women fighters and fewer gender neutral men can raise voices but is it transforming things? Recently, actor Kuma Qureshi spoke about patriarchy at work, and also women can be made to feel helpless and threatened. In this special episode of the Sowar Show, I dig Dr. Cheryl John on patriarchy when no means no, and women in mental health. Dr. Cheryl John is an eminent psychiatrist and a celebrated speaker on mental health and she consults at the Hiramangani Hospital and Holy Spirit Hospital. One of the key points i try and address is how does patriarchy impact different generations? Patriarchy in personal relationships and also patriarchy in workspaces and one of the key issues of patriarchy is the cultural choices that we make like in watching films like Barbie and Oppenheimer. Hi Cheryl, welcome to our podcast, The SOS Show. And uh, thank you for being here uh, on this very rainy day. (laughs) Thank you, it's my pleasure to be here with you on The SOS Show. Cheryl, I was was telling you that we are going to be talking something grave and serious today. And um, it relates to the incident that happened very prominently. Everyone was talking about it and that's the Manipur incident uh, that happened a couple of... um, days back and uh, we all know and are aware about it and a similar thing has been continuing for a while in terms of the women and their relationship with men it suddenly suddenly it has sort of started becoming slightly rebellious if you would have noticed it right from the incident where uh what happened in Delhi where the boy chopped off the body of the girl very recently it happened again in Delhi Delhi is the hub of these things so we are talking about a general gender neutral society we are talking about a society that's becoming more progressive what are your thoughts here Cheryl? Yeah like you said it's a very grave topic and uh, I think
0: it's something that you know, we can keep on debating for hours together on a show like us But the ground reality is very different, right? We do belong. And it's not just in India. I mean, Mm. uh, if you look at violence against women, uh, it's all over the world, right? Uh, So it's basically about our patriarchal society and uh, how right from, you know, I think times of evolution, men have taken up this leadership role, uh, where there is male power, male domination, and women are supposed to be subservient and have a different role to play in society. So this is going on for eons and eons and eons. Uh, violence against women have always been and a factor right from the beginning and violence, not just in peace times, violence in war times. I mean, uh, rape of uh, women, uh, you know, refugees or in a war situation, the women and the children are the ones which are usually targeted the most. So this is not something which is new, uh, probably because of advent of instant reporting uh, media presence. Uh, the awareness about situations like this is much, much more. Another factor is also because in general, as a society, we are becoming more impatient. Our tolerance and frustration tolerance has reduced. So um, a small uh, trigger can set off a, a situation like we get so violent and aggressive that we are, you know, chopping off our partner and, yeah, uh, you know, without any remorse or guilt. So there is a lot uh, that we need to discuss and debate about this.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, we are talking about women empowerment. We have women in the most powerful positions today. Our president is a woman. Uh, I know of uh, so many organizations now that have rapidly empowered women to head these organizations. Despite that, and we feel that we are liberated now, you know, but actually, these things are continuing. Uh, Even in the metros, and it surprises me that Delhi is the hub of it. So nothing really is changing? No, it's not changing because uh, when we are looking at women in the
0: workforce or women in position of power, it's about 20 to 30%. I mean, women in workforce, I think the statistics are about 19% in 2021 Mm. as Mm. compared to, I think, 35% in 2005. So the percentage of women in workforce by itself has reduced. My God, yeah. Uh, Women in positions of power, and I'm talking about senior management, would be about maybe around 32 to 34%, which is in India better than the world average. Mm. So uh, when we're talking about women in leadership, their numbers are few. And with the fewer numbers, uh, are we empowered enough to make a difference? Are we empowered enough to voice our opinion is a matter of debate a lot of times when we are looking at women in power they've reached there through a lot of struggle yeah so when um, you reach that position it sometimes also becomes a more of a self-preservation kind of a module where you want to kind of uh how do I put it be almost equal to the men so you don't yeah. want to rock the boat you don't want to pick up issues. And, you know, uh, bring more notice to yourself. You want to be treated definitely as equal to the men. So you don't want to bring in issues about other women. And then everybody say, oh, yeah. see, she's coming up with the same kind of situation. She's talking yeah. about women. So women when we are women in power, we would just probably be silent and want to have our own journey rather than, you know,
1: bring along our sisters. So, of course, that's that- that's having a significant psychological impact in the society, uh, also to the kids because the kids are the most exposed now in terms of social media, getting a news. Also, I was sort of told that because we are talking about Barbie and Oppenheimer and uh, it has done some massive business in India, it said that Oppenheimer did a better business in India than Barbie because Barbie has things and situations, and I've not seen the film, things, situations which are pro-feminist, and that's not gone down well with the Indian patriarchal society, rather what's been written is the Indian men. So I would not generalize this. But tell me, Cheryl, because you are in a very strong position as a mental health practitioner, What is the kind of psychological impact that our society is having when we talk about this huge divisiveness that we are trying to surmount, but actually might take a lot more time, maybe 50 to 100 years to surmount?
0: So when we are talking about this uh, attitude difference, right? Because patriarchy is more about the difference in how we're treating the men and the women. Yes. Um, so right from the girl child, when she's a young girl and she's growing up, the trauma of being treated differently uh, causes a huge role or a big dent in her own self-esteem. Mm-hmm. So even in her own home, see, this is supposed to be the safe place place yes. uh, where you're supposed to be treated equally and uh, it's not that you know um, parents are doing it deliberately of course sometimes there is a lot of deliberation and injustice that happen to girl ch- uh, you know children uh, a girl child but um, even otherwise because of the general social attitude she's treated differently from her sibling who is a male so she, yeah. it's such an imbibed and a conditioning that I am different I am subservient. I am supposed to take in all kinds of uh, pressure and not respond. Yeah. So it, it it's okay for me to be humiliated. It's okay for me to be subservient. I am not supposed to be assertive. I cannot say no because I have to please... Everybody around me, not just my family, but like, you know, how traditionally we say you're going to get married and go to a different home. So, you know, you have to take care of them. So with this constant feeding that happens, the role models that a girl child sees at home, right? uh, Empowered women are fewer. So when she's observing her mother giving in to a lot of uh, pressure from everybody around her, she learns and adapts to that way. And yeah. as she grows older, it's very it's like I said, it's okay for her to feel humiliated. It's she grows up with poor self esteem. She becomes very subservient yeah. and lack of assertiveness as a skill. Yes. And that in turn leads to issues as you grow up because then you're battling with depression, you're battling with anxiety, um, partner violence is okay. And you're not kind of in an equal marriage as you grow up. When you go to a workplace, also you're struggling because your foundation is not as strong as your counterpart who is a
1: male. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you're you're growing with a lack of self-esteem and more sort of an adjustment uh, to everybody around you and lack of assertiveness and lack of confidence. And so basically you're not becoming a full human that you are meant to become when you're here is that the reason Cheryl that we are seeing such rebellious women coming out uh, uh in certain uh, sort of sections I would say there are many rebellious women who refuse to even uh the marriage part also they therefore foregone that you know it's better to be, to be on their own than get married yes because you know sometimes um, when
0: we are making small noises Nobody is hearing us, right? Yeah. So sometimes you, you feel like you want to just have a war cry and that's when everybody will notice me. And that's also an extreme step. So we have to understand that we cannot work on two sides of the spectrum. Yeah. We cannot be in a position where we are nodding and being subservient. And neither does it serve us to be in a position where we are, you know, I always sometimes tell my clients that you don't need to fight every battle. You choose your battles wisely and then you kind of, you know, assert yourself. And assertiveness does not mean aggression. So that that I think that's how we kind of learn to differentiate. Don't have to be aggressive. I just have to put my point across assertively. And if we're able to differentiate and understand this, then we'll be able to
1: put our points across better and be understood better. Yeah, but Cheryl, I have met so many men who are gender neutral and uh, they have been brought up by uh, strong, disciplined mothers uh, who perhaps were working or not working, you know. It is so strange that uh, the woman is the one actually can control this patriarchy by bringing up the men right. Absolutely, right? Uh, Because
0: as a mother... um, Because I take up the role of the caregiver. I am the one who is at home with the children most of the time. Even if you are a homemaker or a working woman, again, because of the norms, most of the caregiving comes to the woman in the house. And, you know, that's the time when we can empower our boys so more than teaching how our girls to behave we always tell them teach our boys how to respect the women in their lives and if we start doing that teaching the young boys how to respect the women how to kind of uh, talk about gender equity more than equality so I know that both we are not equal right we are not physically equal we are not biologically equal so if, if, if we have an argument that no, we are equal, it doesn't make sense because biologically we are different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can do things better and in the same way. Some things, maybe I may not be able to lift up a 50 kg, you know, weight, but there would be another, um, you know, weight lifter woman who can still do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my contribution may be very different with the talents and the brain capacity that I have so if I teach the young boys that we are not talking about equality we are talking about equal opportunities we are talking about equity for the women in your lives I think we have a long way I definitely think that times are changing I have two young boys at home my boys are 14 and 9 and uh, you know um, and I see among their group of friends right the discussions that they have Uh, I know when somebody is kind of making a very uh, patriarchal comment I remember recently somebody was talking to another lady and saying you know you're so happy that your husband has given you the permission to go oh. and do these great things in life and I remember my son looking at me saying what is he talking about <laughs> what permission you know why do you need any permission to hmm. do anything hmm. so even that awareness in the younger generation that the statement is wrong right? a woman does not need to hmm. take Permission to go and do anything is, I think, a big step. So when this young generation grows up, uh, they definitely will be a better situation than probably my
1: generation or the generation earlier. So, uh, so you are saying that the kids that are being brought up nowadays are much more gender neutral and uh, anti-patriarchal when it comes to understanding these gender biases. They are much more bold and aware. Absolutely. And that's, that's been, of course, done not just by the mother in the family, but also the cultural shift that we might be seeing in schools, the way they are taught. A lot of awareness, right?
0: See, we're, we're discussing this today. Yes. Would you be discussing about this maybe a few years back? Uh, you have a full-fledged movie Barbie a two and a half hour movie yeah. where I was assuming that I didn't want to go for the movie because I mm-hmm. was like I don't want to go in and see Barbie and Ken and you know those typical uh, things but I heard a lot from my friends who are mental professionals that no it's it's a great movie and you must, wow. take the boys, you must go and take the boys to see the movie because it kind of uh, really is about women empowerment I don't know I haven't seen the movie yet but the very fact that you're having a full-fledged movie which changes maybe the narrative of Barbie yeah. and Barbie not being this um, typical uh, roles that a woman is supposed to have and maybe something different. I, I can't really comment because I haven't watched the movie. Yeah. But the very fact that we're making movies like that, it mm. means the society is changing because society is reflecting what is The movies or the you know uh, media is reflecting what's happening in
1: society. Recently, recently this actor, which I got the video of, was Huma Qureshi, who again sort of uh, mentioned about what women should actually do in workplaces. So, of course, there are strong gender biases inside your homes and small clusters, but they are also there in the workplaces. And uh, women have been sort of told to be quiet about it, or you will lose your job and women being, you know, non-accepting about it. They do not want to work. Uh, They are perhaps are being scared about these things that, you know, whatever moves is made, uh, you either have to accept it or you have to leave the job. So there could be a lot of subtle hints in terms of these things, subtle threats, if I may call it, you know, to women nowadays as well. You know, it's continuing. Uh, what should women do in these situations when it comes to workplaces? So uh, it's it's, it's, a, it's a correct thing, right? Like I told you,
0: like, but because we're looking at changing the way things are, it's yeah. going to be uncomfortable for a lot of people. Because yeah. they don't, it's not because they really want to be dominating or men want to kind of, you know, uh, have this role. It's because they don't know better or they don't know any other way. So, mm-hmm. when they see an empowered woman who's putting her foot down and he's never, he was, the person has never seen somebody like that ever, yeah. it's going to be, it, it seems more like a threat to his position rather than it being that this is not a threat to you, I'm just asserting my point. So, but the more you get exposed, the more the women get together at a workplace, no matter smaller groups. So, when you're empowering each other. When you have each other's back and you stand up for each other. So, you know, when uh, there were so many celebrities, you know, when they were coming up and supporting each other, when there was something going wrong. Uh, Let's say the Me Too movement. Yes. Right? So there was, you know, one celebrity who came up and then everybody else supporting her. That's going to change the equation. The more uh, support that we gather as women, like I said, the sisterhood is the most important because when we support each other, everybody around will stop and pay attention and notice. Yeah. It's also important in workplace to be able to express your point with logic and facts. Right. So how we communicate our point is also very, very important. It's not about making noise, but how much of the fact that I'm stating in my workplace is factual. How much much of it is reality-based? How much is it going to contribute to the situation that I'm talking about, then you will be heard, right? Yeah, and that's if and once you're heard and your opinion is making an impact at your workplace, yeah, then you, it's kind of a multiplication factor, you'll be heard more and more,
1: yeah. But it's so strange, Cheryl, that uh, you know, we are here we talking about men who are educated, you know, in workplaces, they are well. Uh, educated, well-learned, well-aware, uh, like even in the movie Pink, you know, uh, as Mr. Bachchan says, uh, no is a full sentence, you know. Uh, why is it that uh, men do not get this, that when they make a move at a woman and she says, no, it has to be a full stop, it cannot go beyond that. So is it a woman's fault that she's not able to convey it well because that's that could be, you know, like she's subtle about it, or do you think that it is the dna that's existing since thousands of years that we have been here as human species uh, where we have seen the men being dominant uh, uh, gender than women uh, because of that dna they are not able to sort of get that no or is it the ego what is it and what is it that women should assertively put their foot down when they say no on such situations so it's a Combination, maybe a little bit of all these factors
0: that you have told me, right? Yeah. So I said, like, because of the ethos of our society, yeah. men uh, just feel that they have the power yeah. to take what they desire. Yeah. And uh, uh, women mostly are a belonging that they can take. Uh, she's not an, you know, a dip- different entity who has her. Uh, voice of her own and that starts right from your home right so when this boy is growing up and he's watching his father taking all the decisions he, he's watching uh his mother not expressing her opinion or if she's even asking something or saying something it's being neglected or pushed you know yeah. don't give your opinion or even not even considering it uh, as he's growing up, no matter how educated he he could be an IIT, IIM guy, right? Completely educated. But as he's growing up culturally, he's growing up in a situation, in that bubble, where his role is very well-defined, but the role of the mother or the woman in his life is not. And the role is what is culturally acceptable. So also then he's, uh, when he's interacting with women who don't express themselves and assert themselves, because yeah. we are taught to be pleasers. Yes, so you have this combination where there is a particular gender which feels entitled to whatever he or he desires. And there's another gender which feels that I just have to give in to everything that everybody else around me, irrespective of gender, asks. It becomes a very deadly combination. So when we are expressing our no, sometimes the no is not very firm. Yeah. It's a maybe. Yeah. And, and, and he's only hearing what he wants to hear. Yeah, because he's feeling entitled yes so A we have to get rid of that entitlement and he has to understand that even a maybe is a no yes yeah right unless I say yes it means a no yes yeah very strong
1: statement yes
0: and we have to also learn through a lot of
1: practice to say no so what should a woman do in a situation like that Uh, Should she walk out? Should she sort of, uh, you know, tell her inner circle colleagues about it if she feels or has been made to feel threatened and she's going through a trauma in a situation like that because that's definitely going to affect her mental health because, you know, she must be going through anxiety that she might lose her job or she might be sacked. What is it that a woman in a situation should do at that point? Or should she take the law? go? But again, that law would be like a very difficult route. Yeah.
0: So I think the first step is to preserve herself and keep mm. herself safe. So she definitely needs to walk out. The moment you start feeling even slightly uncomfortable, yeah. uh, do not allow yourself to reach the situation or do not give the other person the benefit of the doubt. Then maybe he doesn't mean this, you know. he Maybe he's just trying to flirt with me. And it's not just, you know, uh, in office places, in medical fraternity, everywhere around the world, you see that, you know, people, it's very easy for them to get away with these statements. But if it makes you uncomfortable, leave the situation, leave the room, keep yourself safe. Yeah. Right. And it's very, very imperative that you talk to somebody about and talk to somebody who can validate your feeling. I know a lot of clients who are in similar situations like this and they would go back and talk to their friends and the friend would be like, why did you put yourself in that situation? You should not have gone. Yes. So then I am ridden with guilt and it becomes, oh, it's my fault. I have kind of maybe done something to make him react this way. Did I send wrong signals?
1: Yeah. See, this is such a cultural thing, you know, all the blame sort of coming on the woman, you know, uh, which is also what Me Too was about. So, how so obviously then you have to choose your friends and your conf- confidants right whom you can uh, tell or perhaps go to a therapist yes so A like said you have to understand that you are the victim
0: here yes and you have to su- keep yourself safe first you validate and find a friend if you can who will understand what you are feeling so when you are talking to your suppose you are that friend whom, who somebody is approaching you know, and you are listening to this and you must remember that your friend who's coming and talking to you about this is not looking for solutions from you. Yeah, She just wants to be heard. Yes, And validation, maybe just listening to that person and say, oh, I can understand how difficult the situation could have been for you. Maybe I don't understand. No, but I'm here for you. I'm here to listen. Yes. But if if you feel that this is an ongoing thing, and you're 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 kind of because a lot of women do suffer from PTSD and post traumatic stress symptoms yes. after facing situations like this, yeah, then it's imperative that you go and meet a therapist who will teach you how to handle these symptoms in a better way.
1: Yeah, so that's one way. So, and how do you sort of transform men? What do you do with them? Suppose that men happen to be your Uh, friend or they happen to be your brother or your uh, you know uh, somebody closer to you Uh, and a woman knows about it and you know as you said women are accepting Uh, they are they can be uh, people pleasers in order to get uh, through situations so what should women do if they know about something like this and what should men do Uh, what can men be told in such a situation which is of course, not offending to them, but more in an understanding fashion. So, if you have to call a spade
0: a spade, right? Again, yeah. here, like you're saying, we don't have to be understanding about it. Mm. He's wrong. Yeah. He's wrong, right? Yeah. So, you have to be very categorical in black and white. This, this is not a gray zone. Correct. So, you have to very categorically tell your main friend yeah. that this is unacceptable behavior. Yes. You are reading the cues wrong. You're reading the cues because of what you want it to be. You know, I want to be in that relationship or I want to kind of get something from the relationship. So I'm just reading it too much. It's not like that. So you have to tell that person that probably you need help too. You need help to understand that I am reading cues around me wrong and that's going to land me in trouble. We also have to kind of emphasize the issues that can happen legally if this friend of yours goes and takes help. Yes. Right, and I think most of the organizations now have a sexual harassment committee in place. Yes. Right, and um, many women may not be accessing it, but it's there, right? So your uh, male friends should be also made aware that this you know, there's a situation like this, and if a f- if a female colleague of yours is feeling uncomfortable about it, yeah, then you need to change. And men will say things like this, you know, but I was just passing a yeah. compliment yes but your compliment is making her uncomfortable
1: so you mm. stop yeah yeah so even women can put their foot down because we are in a situation like that in terms of making your closer men who are closer to you understand that this is not something that's acceptable how do women need to change because i feel that women are too accepting and as you said they can be people pleasing in order to get through a situation you know and that could be a downside of women other class of women who are sort of not accepting and are very confrontational and rebellious in nature you know so how do women who are you know trying to charm their way through or people please through uh, uh, you know understand this that they are not helping society by doing that. So, so
0: it's, we can't really blame them. It's because yeah. all these behavior that we exhibit is conditioning and learning, right? Yes. If, if I have kind of behaved in a particular way yeah. and I have got the desired results that I'm looking for, then I will keep on repeating that behavior. Yes. Right? Yes. So, it when we're looking at that change, it has to be change in holistic way so when the men change they don't respond to women who's behaving in a different way yeah women will stop second thing is we as women talk shows like this or we women we have these conversations we teach women that you need not you know fall back on your femininity to get what you want you have all the talent and the intellect to do it yes right so when we build the self-esteem of young girls yes right from the time that they are younger and we build it up they will not need to kind of do this behavior right so it's so it's basically lack of self-esteem absolutely it's lack of self-esteem that makes us resort to external factors to do better because we do mm-hmm. not have that confidence that with my abilities and my yes. intellect. And, and it's true, right? Yes. We know a lot of uh, women who are so much more capable but not been given their due. And sometimes women who are not as capable but are charmers yes. uh, will get their way. Yes. right. Yes. It's an unfair society and that's it is what it is. Yeah. But we teach the one that you, know, you kind of claw hair and we teach the other one that you have to rely on. Because when a woman is... Also charming herself and with a low self-esteem, a lot of times women suffer from something known as an imposter syndrome,
1: mm. right? Because yes. they're not very
0: sure that I have got this position yeah. because of my capabilities. Correct. And so I'm constantly doubting myself every time I make a decision. I'm constantly doubting myself when I'm going and making that presentation yes. because in my own head, I'm not very sure whether I've got this position because of my capability or ability or because I'm friends with Sovan or because I'm a people visa. Yeah. So it's not really helping anybody in the long run, not even the woman who's trying this way, right? Yeah. So the the fundamental behind is building a woman's confidence, building a woman's self-esteem. So she is, you know, looked at at par with the others on the basis of her capabilities.
1: Mm, yes, such an important point. Tell me, Cheryl, we are talking about gender biases. And of course, we are talking about a world that's going to get superbly uh, transformed by technology and by AI. Uh, but all the AI is being uh, created and innovated by uh, men. So how much is AI not gender biased? <laughs> and what do you see in terms of it Uh, impacting, creating, we are going to create technologies that will continue with its gender bias. So what can we sort of do about that?
0: So I said, raise enough noise about it. Yeah. And this is the time, right? With uh, chat GBT and with AI coming in, this is the time that we we can make the required change in our society because this is what we are going to rely and go back to. And this is what is going to shape the future. So, be the change that you want to see, right? So, we have to um, engage in the engage with the people who are these decision makers. We have to engage with policymakers to bring about this change. Mm-hmm. And when we engage with policymakers, when we engage with software developers, when we engage with people uh, at the higher ranks who are these decision makers, and make them aware. It's just about creating an awareness, right? And people are always open to new ideas. And this discussion, like I said, generation is changing. I'm sure that they will implement those changes.
1: Mm -hmm. And uh, any thoughts of yours, Cheryl, when it comes to seeing mental health disorders uh, because of the gender bias, because of what women are going through? And also because of what a few men also could be sort of going through uh, dealing with women because women are not easy. They can also get very complicated. So uh, mental health disorders that can be psychiatric in nature as well. And you might not be aware about that.
0: So um, the world over the statistics uh, say that women Uh, suffer from depression and anxiety more than men. So the ratio, we almost uh, have a ratio of two is to one Mm. as compared to men. Now, there are various factors, of course, involved in it. You have an individual factor. You have a biological factor because uh, the neurotransmitters are different. The role that as a woman, our reproductive health, so all the hormones in my body, my estrogen, my progesterone, play a different role at different lifetimes Or, you know, different times in my lifespan on my brain. So my vulnerability as a woman to depression, anxiety is more than my male counterpart, biologically. But socially, uh, like we are talking about the patriarchal system, the humiliation, the sense of uh, not belonging, the sense of detachment also contributes. Because most of the time women suffer from the sense of always being humiliated or being abandoned yeah, uh, and that's how that also triggers if you are vulnerable to depression and anxiety, and we are definitely seeing a huge rise in depression and anxiety over the last few years. It's almost like a pandemic.
1: Wow, my god, my god, that's
0: and that's world over, right? The statistics yeah. say that I think depression is supposed to be the leading cause of death by twenty twenty three. We are in twenty twenty three. Uh, before pandemic, depression anxiety the instance was one in nine people and now one in five and in women one in four women will experience depression or anxiety at some point in their life Mm -hmm. so we could we could have these changes when we are in pubertal age group we could have these changes during our reproductive age group, which is the most important factor when we're talking about intergenerational trauma so uh, uh, a woman uh, who has depression and anxiety a young woman she gets pregnant uh, she is having depression and anxiety her fetus is going through distress yes. she becomes a young mother she has depression and anxiety she can't really be the optimal caregiver yeah because she's taking care of her child with the depression and anxiety and yes. so the child is also going to develop issues as they're growing older And then the woman, after some time, when she reaches menopause, again, you know, uh, the big hit of all the um, uh, changes that are happening with menopause will aggravate the mental health. Mm -hmm. So, as women, we have to be more careful and more cognizant about our mental health than compared to men.
1: Yeah. So, what is the solution to this, Cheryl? In terms of the patriarchy is not going to go away immediately. Uh, women are definitely going to face uh, mental health challenges at home and in the work front. Uh, every man is not gender neutral. There are maybe very, very few, uh, I, w- I would say 0.1% who even understand the term what is gender neutral uh, the world over. What What is the solution to this? How do you save yourself?
0: Uh, it's like the aeroplane rule so when oxygen ka dabaw, you put the oxygen mask on yourself so as a woman you have to first it's very very important to have self care mm. so you have to indulge in self care in taking care of your mental and physical health right mm. so in your day you take out time for yourself so that you are, no matter what kind of role you're playing, whether you're a working woman, whether you're a homemaker, uh, you take out that time for self-care. So that's one way that you can uh, reduce the incidence of, you know, developing mental health disorders. If you're looking at it in a holistic point of view, like you correctly said, we really can't change the patriarchal society so soon. Yes. But having more more and more conversations about it, Yes. Involving these conversations right from school, because when you start at the school level, when you start, uh, you know, having these conversations, when the kids are younger, though they will laugh about it, they'll joke about these things, they'll find it very, very funny. Like, you know, I do a lot of talks with uh, children about sexuality and gender identity, and they'll be sniggering and giggling <laughs> yeah, about it. Yeah. But they get it. Right. And they are more empowered because they have the knowledge given to them by a professional rather than just reading up about it or going back home and looking at a different situation. So when we start training them young about gender equality and equity more than equality, we will see the change few generations later. Mm -hmm. But it is the onus on us as women to, you know, pick up the mantle and say that I am going to take care of myself. You know, if Mm. I am fine, then everything else around me is fine. Mm. If I don't have the skill set to do that, I will reach out for help. I I don't know how to be assertive. Can I learn that? Yes. I don't know how to take care of myself. Can I learn that? Of course, you can learn that. So when we kind of, the first step is awareness that there is a problem. Yeah. And then we will work on steps to bring about that change. So, The onus is on us and we need to bring about the change.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The onus is on us and we need to bring about the change and we need to learn things that we have not been taught and we need to unlearn and relearn and get our self-esteem back. Yes, absolutely wonderful. Cheryl, thank you so much for your time. It was wonderful, wonderful chatting. My pleasure. My pleasure. One of the few key takeaways for me is that can mothers be solely responsible for turning around patriarchy? And do we even understand that in small towns, the mothers are embedded in patriarchy themselves? They perhaps do not even know the difference. And does charming your way through men or through life, increase patriarchy or decrease patriarchy? What does it do? If you have answers to these questions then do connect with us and you can also find us on our Insta page their social board and of course I'm there on LinkedIn